Welcome to Liberty Chats, produced by members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council. Thank you for joining us. We talk to a variety of experts, leaders, journalists, and policymakers about our nation's founding principles, why they are still so relevant and essential to preserving freedom for everyone, what specific challenges and threats they face today, and how those founding principles best safeguard and empower everyone's ability, young and old, to attain prosperity and personal happiness. Hello, and welcome to Liberty Chats, a new podcast from the Steamboat Institute. My name is Zachary Rogers. I'm a member of the Emerging Leadership Council, a leadership program with the Institute. We are dedicated to freedom, liberty, and civil dialogue. Today, our guest is Matthew Spaulding, Vice President for Washington Operations and Dean of the Steve and Amy Van Andel Graduate School of Government. Um, They recently launched a new MA program. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about education and the founders, primarily how did the founders understand education, uh, what is its purpose and importance in a republic, uh, and how that's playing out in our our current uh, education policy sphere. Um, Welcome, Dr. Spaulding. Good to be with you. Excellent. So let's dive right in. How did the founders understand education? What is its purpose? And what's the importance of that for our form of government? Uh, sure, sure. No, happy to, happy to talk about that. But it's, I guess I should say first that this is a uh, uh, great pro- project of the Steamboat Institute, and this is wonderful, and I strongly encourage it uh, since I've been on the board from the beginning, and, and it's a great uh, – Steamboat is doing some great things. Uh, so good for you uh, and good for all everybody else on the leadership uh, leadership group. Um, this, this broad question about the founders and uh, education I think is – uh, I guess I'd first make a general comment about how we tend to think about education today and how we debate it and why that's not kind of the right the right approach, so to speak. I mean, usually when we come up with the education question, we automatically are talking about uh, uh, funding, role of the federal government, school choice, charter schools, whatever it might be. Those are all legitimate questions. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think uh, we largely miss in many ways the first question, the more primary question is, broadly speaking, what is the role of education in the regime? And in particular, in in this type of regime, by which I mean a representative government, a government based on popular opinion, um, self-government, you draw a a broad distinction, say, between uh, education in the United States or, say, a, a Western country, broadly speaking, if you will, and say China or the Soviet Union or North Korea. Well, education is a very different thing in those two types of places. I mean, in mm-hmm. in a closed society, education uh, really becomes more of a, a way of controlling opinion in people and indoctrination. That's true in modern tyrannies and in ancient tyrannies and despotisms as well. Uh, you think of uh, you know, Nazi education or Soviet education or whatever it might be. Um, in, a, in, a, in a free country, that's different uh, because in a free country, citizens have more participation in the, in the regime. Uh, and in one like the United States, even more so, in which not only is it a free country, but it's a representative form of government in which the citizenry uh, is participatory, uh, both by regularly voting, but also being in le- legislatures and other offices. 
And so education plays just a, a, a much more fundamental uh, role uh, in shaping and forming citizens. And that means a couple of things. You know, uh, we have a broader conversation about the nature of education and what the human mind needs to know to be liberated, i.e. liberal education. Uh, that is all true, and that's true simply because of the nature of man. But, you know, in a, in a republic, uh, a, a some sort of democratic republic uh, in which there's citizens participating, uh, it takes on a, an added significance, if you will, because your educational system, uh, whether it's public or private or whatever form it might take, uh, also has a much more formative role in shaping how citizens understand their own country, uh, the principles of that country, which means the parameters by which they participate. So, for instance, the the, the founders, uh, here, here's it's kind of an offshoot, I suppose, but uh, at the time of the founding, the, they, were, they were quite concerned about the question about immigration. Not because they were concerned about people of different colors or different ethnic backgrounds or whatever it might be. What they were worried about was that if people come over from uh, various countries of the world that are monarchies or despotisms, they will have been shaped by monarchy and despotism in their educational systems. They will mm -hmm. learn the ways of monarchy and despotism. Uh, they will not be, they will not have been educated to be free citizens. Uh, and so they emphasized and talked a lot about uh, education as an immigration issue. Uh, and today we have the naturalization process. That that's that's kind of an example of how they they approach these things. They they uh, there's plenty of things we can point to about higher education and and liberal education and classical education. The founders and they studied the Greeks and the Romans, but really the primary question they're interested in as as founders as political figures as statesmen is how education shapes and prepares citizens for uh, self government. And so those kinds of things, I think, were central on their minds. So knowing the principles of the regime, constitutionalism, the rule of law, uh, the nature of rights, where rights come from, those, I think, were the primary concerns are, in short, I guess we would call it, say, civic education, civics education, education in civics, which means education for the citizen. Yes, sir. It's certainly true that education uh, plays a vital role in preparing citizens. You know, we're blessed to live in a regime where we get to participate uh, to the level that we do. It, it seems like people are no longer uh, in agreement on what is it that unites, you know, the country and what what are those things? You know, you talked about what a free citizen needs to know. In fact, you were on the recent 1776 commission. Um, would you care to elaborate on on your role in that commission um, and some of and the report itself? Uh, sure, because the report gets into these some of these questions. I think the unfortunately, the report has also got caught up in, you know, politics as everything seems to happen nowadays. But I took a leave from Hillsdale College to be executive director. Uh, and in the matter of about six weeks or so, we produced the 1776 report. Uh, it was based on an executive order by the president to, at least in that initial report, uh, uh, advise the president about the core principles and meaning of 1776 uh, as we looked to the 250th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence in 2026. Um, and we produced the 1776 report, which even though it was the commission was abolished and <laughs> the report was erased is still widely available on various private websites, including uh, Hillsdale Colleges. 
Uh, and I encourage people to read it for themselves. But it, but it does get into this uh, these questions, and I would say it raises two broad questions, raises other things as well, but and there are various things that uh, were considered quote-unquote controversial about it, which I think is uh, unfortunate. But it, but it broadly addresses two themes which are at, at issue here, which I think go to, go to the heart of the matter. Uh, one is uh, uh, when and what was the, the thing we call the founding. And here the debate is, well, was there a founding? Is there a founding? When was it? What, what does that mean to have a founding? And, uh, you know, our, our uh, argument, the argument of the report, which I think is the common assumption of all of American history for that matter, if not uh, the prominent view even today, was that, well, there actually is a country. It was started around a certain time, and it ties back to these core documents, in particular the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and the Constitution in 1787. And uh, American history really is, um, you know, grows out of that. There's history before that. There's a lot of things after that. But those two things and the politics around it, the formation of the Constitution, the revolution, uh, constitute this thing we call the founding, a period in which we were formed. Um, well, there's a, there's a general debate about that, which is really a debate about history, uh, which gets into 1776 report, 1619 uh, project, uh, those kinds of things, which is a broader question. Can we know anything about history? And or, or the report assumes that you can. And there are certain things, not only that we can know about history, but there are certain principles that transcend, transcend history, like all men being created equal, and thus, history really should be judged in light of those principles. Mm. And the other argument is that really, well, history is all uh, what we would academically call historicism. Uh, we really can't look back without the baggage of the, the present. And so we look back and see bad things. And we, we just look at history differently. Uh, and merely, is, it's, it really a, it's a train of abuses, if you will. And mm. We, we disagreed with that, and we argue that, no, we should look at the history, American history in light of the Declaration, and the result, that gives you a very different view of how to look at, say, slavery. So we all agree that slavery is a barbaric thing. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing. Use whatever adverb you want to use. Uh, but it was a, it was a fact uh, on the ground. And it's how do you deal with it? Well, there's something called prudence that comes in to intervene. And, it, and prudence depends on what's your principle. And our point was, well, the principle of the founding, according to the founding and Lincoln and Martin Luther King, was that all men are created equal. And so you must look at history in light of the playing out of the principle, which we see is, uh, on the one hand, the existence of slavery is a violation of that principle. But on the other hand, the fulfillment of that principle is what America is really about. And that's a great thing and why this is still a great country. Um, the, the other argument is that the principles don't matter. They're not true. They weren't true then. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And so all we do is look back and see bad history. Mm -hmm. So I guess to, to get back to your point, the, the connection here is that I think that we're, having, we're in a very broad debate about what is the nature of history? Can we know things? Can history actually teach things? Is there something worth learning there? And do, do, do principles, do arguments, do ideas, uh, despite the fact that they aren't uh, completely fulfilled at the time and play out in history, are those worth knowing? Our answer is yes. Um, and that then shapes how you would go about teaching history. So if that were the case, uh, then you would teach civics history. 
And it's important mm-hmm. to know what were the principles that, that informed the founding and what was its history, warts and all. But how did, say, Lincoln come to understand it? Because Lincoln said it's the principle that drives here. Um, and I'm going to deal with the, pa- the facts on the ground, which were, which were barbaric and bad, and try to figure out how to correct that in light of the principle. That, that's how we think you should teach history. Uh, the popular view nowadays is you just teach history and it's all bad and it's all it's all the warts, it's all the 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 bad parts of history. And the other things don't really matter because they didn't believe that anyway. So we don't teach that. That strikes us as, as uh, a, a, an incomplete history at best, but also a very misleading one that doesn't really teach citizens about the nature of their regime. Uh, and then let students decide whether uh, Lincoln was was right or wrong, or whether Martin Luther King was right or wrong in, in looking back to the Declaration, or whether the founders uh, were right or wrong under the circumstances of creating the nation. That's a more honest history, in our opinion, which is what we should really focus on. Excellent. No, the, the question of, of the regime and how you teach it and whether these principles matter and are true for all times, or whether or not, uh, you know, there are hypocrites are, are pressing questions that are you know, currently being, you know, taught and debated in schools, and there's a lot of policy debates, um, the 1776 report um, is a great place to start. Um, I guess my final question is, how do we, you know, how do you build off uh, the 1776 report going forward? Because the commission was evolved. So what comes next for people who are concerned with these questions of education uh, and our form of government, how to prepare citizens to participate in it? Well, I think I think part of that is to, I mean, the, the, the intention of the 1776 report was to put a marker down uh, mm-hmm. in this debate and put a clear marker down. It wasn't kind of making things up or grabbing something out of thin air or leaping from our foreheads, uh, but it was really, I think, a pretty mainstream argument about how to look at these things. And there's a new book version coming out with footnotes. And it footnotes Sean Willens and Gordon Wood and Bernard Balin and 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 pretty much mainstream historians uh, making the same points we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the report's a marker. Uh, I, I think uh, the controversy that stirred up, and it was I think a strategic a strategic mistake on their part to abolish it, but because it br- draws more attention to it. Uh, but I think the um, uh, it, it, it draws attention to the fact that, that we actually are in the middle of a, of a big national debate about who we are and what that means and what our history was and how important it is. And that's an educational question. And mm-hmm. that it's perfectly legitimate, if not central to that. Uh, what are we teaching future citizens? How are we forming them? What are we teaching them uh, to believe? Are we withholding history? Are we teaching it inappropriately? Are we teaching it as imbalanced? Um well, that's a question that we as citizens ought to be front and center concerned about. This is not a question for professional historians. Um, they can play with their footnotes all day long. Uh, and I'm perfectly willing to have those debates. Those are, you know, uh, debates about the facts of history are important. But at the end of the day, this is a question for citizens. What kind of people do we want to be? What type of uh, uh, you know, regime do we want to pass down? Which means what should our education system be, be, be sending? That's a political question, not in the partisan narrow way, but in the larger question that it's to be decided by, by the American people. And that's why we wrote the report for them ultimately. And, and I hope this continues that debate um, uh, forthrightly. I know the commissioners, we are going to continue this work. At Hillsdale, we're, we are writing a curriculum. We have a curriculum. We're, we're doing more on that. Uh, so there, there, there's a lot to be done, but there's also a lot of people, I think, engaged, hopefully, uh, 
uh, more so than they were in the past because of the controversy of this report. Excellent. Well, certainly pressing questions that need to be examined, absolutely worthy of uh, every citizen's consideration. Um, I do hope everyone reads the 17.6 report and, and considers it. Um, we're out of time today. Thank you for joining Liberty Chats. If you like the show, I hope you'll rate us on iTunes and join us next time. Thank you. Thanks, Zachary. Thank you for listening to today's Liberty Chat. I'm Erica Anderson, the producer of the podcast. Our podcast editor is Fingers Malloy. My co-producers include Charlotte Whalen, Zachary Rogers, Lindsay Martin, and Christina Eastman, all members of the Steamboat Institute's Emerging Leaders Council, who represent the next generation of free market, free speech leadership. We hope you tune in again for our next Liberty Chat episode.